Welcome to the Cruise Cast. Welcome to another episode of the Cruise Cast. We're back here at Seaview for this recording on Tuesday, the 24th of May. And now that the season has finally come to an end, we thought it'd be a great time to invite the man who's been at the helm for the past 17 years, having managed the team for 854 games, when in 491 of those games, he is now the current longest serving manager in world football. And honours include three Irish League titles, three County Antrim Shields, one First Division title, one League Cup, one Santanta Cup, and after the heroics of the final on the 7th of May, he now adds his third Irish Cup trophy to that very impressive list. Stephen Baxter, we're delighted to have you on the podcast. Lots to talk about, hopefully giving our listeners an insight into the club, management and all things uh, going on in the club. But firstly, congratulations on the news hot off the press. You've just signed a new contract extension, keeping you at the club to at least 2025. That'll be 21 years in total. Wow. <laughs> I, I know, and I only came to do nine games. How uh, how crazy is that? Uh, no, you, you don't see the years rolling past you. It, it's, it, it just seems like yesterday when we were getting this all started, and um, and you read out all those list of uh, trophies and and uh, amount of games and all the, all the bits and pieces that we've done along the way, and the European trips that uh, stand out for me as, as lots of great highlights. Um, you know, they're they're, they're just phenomenal memories and, and uh, from phenomenal achievements for the football club and uh, and I, I feel very honoured and privileged to be to be part of it um, it's it's been a, a labour of love it, you know you know sometimes when you read it all out it sounds fantastic but I can tell you that there's a lot of um, blood sweat and tears and a, a lot of sleepless nights and a lot of you know difficult periods that you go through when, when things aren't going as well as you like them to go and, and uh, difficulty surrounding all sorts of things that, 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 that come at you just out of the blue uh, that you have to deal with and, and as life throws you all those curveballs so uh, you know we turn up on a Saturday we all we all want to be playing well and doing our thing but it, it sometimes always doesn't go according to plan but we're very thankful and grateful that uh, the last number of years has been a fairy tale for us. It really has, and where the club has risen to, and and uh, considering where we were, you know, I pinch myself every day, uh, thinking how how great is this? What what we've done? What we've achieved? Where we're going? Uh, and now moving into a new phase with with new owners coming into the club to to hopefully take us into uh, a, a new era for the football club and. So a lot of lots of excitement in front of us. One of the stats, Stephen, that you, you I don't know if you were familiar with in, in two thousand and twenty, one of the I think it was the Sunday Times published an article with the the longest serving managers at their clubs and, and, and that longest serving manager was unfortunately for him sacked from his job, I think it was in October, which now makes you the, the current longest serving manager in, in world football. how does that sound? Uh, it makes you <laughs> makes you feel old. Um, and uh, you know, I, I came out of football um, age 37, all, you know, in, in the in the May, and um, and I was going to turn 38 in October, and I and I, and I, I genuinely wanted to go and play golf and, and work on my handicap and, and enjoy uh, the freedom of all of that, and and uh, you know, sort of six or eight months into that, that sort of period of time, you get a phone call from from Jim Sample and. Uh, I still remember it like it was yesterday, and he said, "Listen, he says we're in awful trouble. Uh, we've no manager. Uh, the club's in turmoil. We're bottom of the league. Uh, would you come and help us?" 
and that was that was the phone call, and uh, and I said, Jim, whatever you need, I'll be there. I'll, I'll, I'll and I remember being quoted as saying, I'll, I'll walk over broken glass for this football club, and because that's what it meant to me. Uh, you know, we'd come through uh, a period of winning uh, a couple of titles under Roy Walker, and and uh, we had a. A, a return to the club when I came back here and played with Gary McCartney and, and fought relegation uh, successfully. And uh, and when you see, you know what it meant to the Robert Whites and the uh, you know the John Murs and uh, Harry Dees and all all these people who'd been around our football club uh, a lifetime, uh, and 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 see what it meant to them, uh, you know fighting for grim death of the football club. Had you any coaching badges at that stage, Stephen, or was it an aspiration to become a coach or a manager or stay in the no, game in any way? No, I, I really didn't. Uh, I, I, I didn't have any of that. It was, it was really just, as I say, I, I just had that, uh, you know, I, you know, you, you get a phone call from someone like Jim Semple, who, who's a, a legend of this football club, uh, and when they ask you to come and give them a hand, you know, and, and when they say, can you help us? And that's what I was all about. Can you, can, can you help us? And, and, you know, I said, Jim, I'll be there on Tuesday night. We'll sort it out. What, what, what do you need? I'll be there. I'll help you. And, you know, and literally with nine games left of the season. And we, we almost we hadn't won two, two wins the whole season. And, and we came in and we got, I think we got three wins in the nine games. But we couldn't stave off the relegation. Uh, and, and, and maybe it was the best thing ever happened to us, you know, getting, getting relegated. But, uh, but that gave us the, the focus and, and the... the, the Pull ourselves up by the bootlaces and, and, and go again and, and, and work hard at it. And, and uh, you know, the, the faithful bunch of people that were here, and I think we were probably running with maybe 200, 250 fans back then. And, and we knew everybody by name, and, uh, and, and it, was, it was just a, an incredible journey, a really incredible journey in that year in the championship to tr try and pull ourselves up by the bootlaces and, and get going again and try and get back to where we need to be. When you look back at those games that you come in for and, and now achieved what you have achieved, what does uh, what do you say to young Stephen Baxter maybe back then who's coming in for those games and, and did you have a plan of how you would maybe get the points on the board at that stage or was it just let's pull everybody together and try and fight to death to, to, to get some points? I remember putting a tracksuit on and uh, digging an old tracksuit out of my, out of my wardrobe <laughs> thinking that, you know, did it, did it even fit me? Um, and, and, and I remember walking down and doing a, and I, I rang Jim and I said to Jim, I said, Jim, look, I, I want you to get everybody in. We'll address the players on, on, the, on the first evening. And I said, and get the board members that are about and get the, 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 the announcer, uh, get, get, uh, get whoever that is of any importance to the football club and get them into the dressing room tonight. And, and, and I remember going into that first chat and with the tracksuit on and pointing to our badge and saying the reason why we come to this football club is because of, of, of the heritage of what this badge stands for and why, why, we, why we exist. And, uh, and it's not about us, it's about, it's about the football club. And, and we, were in, we were in grave trouble, like we really were, uh, both on the park and off the park. And, and we had, to, we had to dig it out. I wasn't just as, uh, you know, they didn't tell me half of what was, what was yeah. wrong, but we had to resolve it. And, and, and in life, you have to find solutions. You have to find plans. You know, whenever the cars crash, you've got to fix it. And we had to, we had to sit down and, and work, work out the plan. And 
work out what money we had available to us. You know, we were scrimping around and scraping around trying to sign one or two players here and there. And uh, you know, once we went, we got relegated. And and we we looked and said, well, what's what's the what's this what's the quickest way out of this problem? And and the. the we needed a goal scorer, and we needed we needed a Premier League goal scorer. How do you attract a Premier League goal scorer to come and play for your team? Uh, you know, having been relegated in the Championship, well, somehow I managed to do that and talk David Rennie into coming. How did that come about, Stephen? I know you you've mentioned that as probably one of the most important signings that you ever made in, in your time here. And, and great news last week that we've seen he's coming back now to manage the reserve team, which yeah. I'm sure you'll have a lot to say about that. But what's the selling point at that stage to get a to get a name like David Rainey back in the you know signing for Crusaders well it would be uh, wrong of me to start discussing all that on a podcast let everybody know your <laughs> secret um, but you know it, 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 you, you've got to sell people a vision you've got to sell people something that that, 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 that gives them a you know a statement about what is important to you uh, that, that you have the vision uh, and and you have a vision for them, and you have to you have to show them that what what you want them to achieve, uh, and and but you've also got to get the right people, and and there's certain people can carry it out, and there's others that can't, and and David Rainey was a person who had who had fire in his belly. He had a point to prove. He, you know, he, he he by his own admission, he didn't go well at Glentorn, um, and. Uh, you know, he'd gone to Ards, and, and he, he was, he was sort of, he was a Premier League player. He, was, he, he could score goals, but again, there was just that little thing. It wasn't just ticking over as well as it probably could have. And I said to, to David, I said, "Look, David, this is going to be perfect for you. You will become a cult hero. You will be, you will be the man. Show him, show him something that uh, paint a picture for him and, and say, go and achieve it.' And I knew he could do that." I knew he, he had all the, the tools in, in his locker to do that. And he became, a, he became that player and, and, and led us to great glory. And um, fitting that he, you know, he wins the Irish Cup and, and was sensational on the day. And, but he was, he was part of that big journey and, and he came in as an experienced player to help a lot of our younger players at the time. And, and so we needed one or two uh, senior players that could bring that experience to the dressing room. Uh, one or two could score you the goals. We needed we needed certain things in the team at that time, and David brought all of that, and, and that was what we needed at the time. Just on that thing, because you you have done that right up to date now, where you maybe you know you bring in players with that experience. What, why is that important for the balance of the team? Because you have done that in the past, and you know, even thinking about Paul Lehman and those players come in, Gary Smith at the time, you know, or, or, or sorry, um, why is that important for you to to try and get that balance, or what does the experience do? Well, experienced players have been there, done it, and bought the T-shirt as, as you like. But you have to just see if, if you have to sometimes see where, where your team's at and, and what it needs, and you know. And if there's an area of the pitch is not working for you, you have to you have to find solutions. And, and sometimes your market is restricted, you know, because you might only have a certain amount of money to spend, and there might only be a certain amount of players available to you to buy. Yeah. You know, in the early days, I couldn't go after players that were, were, were signing for Linfield and Glentorn um, in, the, in, in, the, in the first five or six years because we couldn't compete. We, we, couldn't, we couldn't get near it. Like, like I'm talking about we were 50% away from it. So there was players that were, were not available to you. So you had to, you had to just search in, 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 a, in a marketplace that you could afford. Uh, and, and they also needed to be the, the, the type of player that would be a Crusaders player. And... Uh, 
so lots of things that had to go into that thinking the, to bring the, the key players in to add add that little bit more to your your armory and, and, and grow your football club all the time. I remember had a little bit of a thought process in the early days, which was if we if we if we can sign two brilliant players better than what we currently have each year for five years, we'll have ten brilliant players <laughs> in five years, you know? And that was and that was the that was sort of the little bit of thinking behind it that we could if we could just add a couple of really good players year on year. And start growing that, and, and that was and that was what we have, we have done as a, as a football club. Also, a, you know, we 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 looked very closely at could we find on earth a couple of gems from the from the youth system. You know, could we find uh, a, a really big talent that we that, that no one else could find, or or that we didn't have to pay money for, that we would get in really cheap. You know, like my word, you know, finding Stuart Dallas. Well. Come on, that's that's the stuff of dreams. Uh, the find a talent like that there and, and and get Stuart Dallas into your football club, finding Gavin White at 17 in your reserve team in your youth team and bringing him into your reserve team, uh, and five games into your reserve team saying at 17 he can play in our first team. Those are those are little things that uh, that you're always at, at your your youth people that you know find the next Stuart Dallas, find the next Gavin White uh, because. We want to unearth one or two gems all of the time. Um, we're always looking to try and give four or five kids an opportunity year on year and see if you can get something through. So, because we don't have the, the, the money that, that other clubs will have that can maybe spend four or five hundred pounds a week on a salary, that, that, and it doesn't matter if it works or doesn't work. Yeah. We, if we're going to pay a big salary, it has to work. It really has to work, and if it doesn't work, we we'll have to change it quickly, because we just don't have the resources the luxury, yeah. to to make too many mistakes. And other people can carry mistakes, uh, you know, in abundance. We can't. So there's lots of things that that go into your your thinking, your strategy, the player recruitment, uh, and that we've done that all through the years. And sometimes those, to answer your question. Why do we go after that slightly experienced player? Is because you know what you're getting. Yeah, you know what you're getting, and and that that always proves uh, pretty successful. I wanted to ask you, Stephen, about your the backroom team, who we don't often probably get to see, and I wanted to know the dynamic of that. You know, Jeff Spears, Charlie Murphy, Mark Wilson, right down to you know Brian Strain and stuff and forth. How does that all work on a week to week basis? And, and maybe give us a few wee insights into that into that team and, and and the roles of each and how it all works. We have been incredibly incredibly fortunate to have a brilliant group of people here for such a long time. You know, when when I came in here. Uh, Roy McDonald uh, was was the the long the long serving goalkeeping coach. Uh, he he was goalkeeping coach. He was uh, you know legend of a football player at this football club. He was uh, he was also the provider of many uh, chocolate biscuits, <laughs> uh, uh, jammy Dodgers. Uh, he he was he was the Roy Cropper of the of the, <laughs> the backroom team. That brought biscuits every week, you know, and he knew my favourites every week, and and he was, he was just a diamond of a person, just a brilliant, brilliant person, uh, and I came in as this, you know, young, young manager, just finished my football career, 
you know, coming in to, to galvanise the team, if you like. And, and but I, I made a couple of, you know, good appointments in Charlie Murphy and Terry Moore, who were all like ten years, you know, fifteen years older than me, uh, to go alongside Roy, because they were they were the, they were they were like my dad, all three of yeah. them, you know. So they they had the experience, they had been around the game, they knew the game. Uh, and I was, it gave me that opportunity to, you know, to go mental on the sidelines and cut your teeth and, you know, and shoot up, up and down the line like a madman learning the game and, and, and finding your way. And, and, and they were just brilliant for me and brilliant people and uh, keeping you right and, you know, showing you things and teaching you things and just amazing, amazing guys and characters and just oh, legends of the game uh, who I looked up to greatly and still do to this day. Um, so, they, th those people uh, were around us, and, and you know, and Roy, Roy eventually quits because his knees packed in. Uh, Charlie's still with us, and uh, you know, he's had two goals at retirement. And, and he, every time he goes and has a, a go at retirement, he get, he, you know, he goes home for six months, and the wife throws him back out again, you know, and says, "Get way back down there and see if Stephen will give you a job." Um, because he just loves the game and he just loves being around players and he's just brilliant with players, just absolutely brilliant with players. Um, you know, so, so we're very fortunate to have these people who are so loyal to us, who dedicate their lives to this, uh, this journey and they're just amazing. Jeff Spears, you know, you probably don't have a long enough podcast uh, to, to, to talk about Jeff Spears. Uh, Jeff, you know, when I arrived here, you know, Jeff and I played together at Linfield when we were 17, 18 years old. You know, I, I think I'm a, a year older than Jeff. And I remember turning up here to, to manage the team and Jeff was the first person that I met through the door, you know, and he, he, he says, speak to me, come on and speak to me here for a minute or two. And he says, five of these players are good enough. They're, he says, the rest are rubbish. And I said, brilliant. <laughs> it's a good start. And, uh, and he was just, um, and he says, and the best about it is, he says, I'm the best player and I'm 39. <laughs> so we're going nowhere with this. Like, um, and he was a diamond. He played for a couple of years and uh, played, he was 40 and, you know, and uh, played through in, the, in the championship year. And he had one more goal at the Premier League for a year. And then I eventually asked, I said to him, listen, you need to quit. And, uh, but what a guy, what a person, you know, a loyalty determination, football brain is as sharp as sharp can be, uh, tactically, oh, tactically aware, and, you know, his, you know, he's feeding me information non-stop around tactical stuff on the football pitch, and people don't know, understand and know that and see that, this Jeff Spears is, is just the sharpest tactical brain that you're going to see, uh, hard on, 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 uh, on people around what he wants and what he sees, a real man's man. Uh, but I like that about him. He does it. He's not a yes man. He just uh, that's my opinion. If you don't like it, that's fair enough. And that's what I like about him, you know. And because you don't, you don't want yes people. You need you need people to tell you what they're saying. And so he has just been a legend of our football club for 20 years. You know, he took the reserve team job for three years, moves into. Uh, I brought him into the first team and he's been with me ever since. Uh, and just a loyal, dedicated friend. And, and that's hard to find. That is really hard to find. Uh, Mark Wilson, we, we brought into the football club as a, a young coach uh, with, you know, 
lots of fresh ideas and brought a lot of uh, new technology to the tours and, and, and you know, a bright up, up and coming young coach with a good brain uh, and, and again been now with us 10 or 12 years, brilliant guy. And then you've got our medical, our medical staff uh, who, you know, Susie and, and uh, who's been here a long time and Brian who's just, uh, Brian played Irish League against me and for Glens and Portadown and all, all of that and uh, kicked lumps out of me and I kicked lumps out of him. And, uh, and again, uh, just a, a fabulous football person first and foremost, which is again a good brain on the, on the sidelines as well. But his, his skill at, uh, at how he communicates with, with players and people is just first class, better than anyone I've ever worked with. And how he gets the job done and, uh, you know, his, his knowledge of injury has helped our club tremendously and he's, we're very lucky to have him. Is that a big advantage that he did play as well? So oh. he's not just a physio who's maybe you know, cautious all the time, but he, he understands that, you know, you need these players on the pitch as 100%. well. 100%. You know, we, 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 had, uh, we had four players injured the night we played Linfield in, in the 3-2 the game. I think we had four coming off of hamstring injuries. And we had to nurse those through to get them ready for Irish Cup finals and all sorts of things. Would players make it, not make it? And, you know, if you've seen the work that went on behind the scenes, and Brian was at the forefront of all of that, getting those guys ready. Like, Brian was... I tortured Brian for three weeks uh, <laughs> up that cup final, torturing him, stone dead. I'm sure he was sick listening to me on the phone. Brian, where's he? Where's he? Is he 80%, 70%, 90%? Where is he? And, you know, it's just a, a, a constant for me with him to try and... But his professionalism shines through in moments like that. And, you know, he says, you'll have him for that game, you won't have him for that game. And all of those things are really key, important decisions when we play players, not play players, uh, to get things right for for big moments and big games and big decisions that when you play them and you can't buy that and that's that's experience of staff who know what they're doing and and Brian Strain is just immense and, and Susie uh, the work that Susie does and around getting the players fresh and fit and the dedication and the loyalty you know she's here two hours before training starts to get them ready to play even to train amazing uh, and then the doctors are, and, and, and doctor uh, is just fabulous, um, working with us for the last number of years. And, uh, and he was a cruise man as well, Stephen. Cruise was he? supporter, was he, yeah. came out of the stands and just said, Stephen, love to get involved, love to help, and, and has become part of the, the furniture now. And uh, I forgot to mention Davey, our, our goalkeeping coach, who turned, uh, came in from, when yeah. Roy left, and he's come in seamlessly and, uh, and, and loves the game and works incredibly hard with the players and we're, we're so fortunate here at the football club with you know the progression you know Alan Crooks who's been great the last few years and wins the the league championship after two or three years of working with young players has stepped aside and now you know Declan Cadell is, is uh, stepping into the role of youth director and uh, David Rainey coming in as a you know as a succession so lots of people working within the football club in a massive way. Our, 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 our youth department has been the big success of this football club in the last five to ten years. Because uh, we, when, when I first got here, we had four teams. Uh, and, and now all of a sudden we've got 300 people in our, in our youth department. And the amount of coaches we have, the amount of uh, 
you know, the, the, the emergence of the, the ladies uh, section and the, so the ladies team and now into, into, into some younger girls teams and, and all of that going forward will be the backbone of this football club and, and it's, it's just, a, it's just a, a non-stop hub of activity. Is it a wee pinch yourself moment given what we talked about in the, in the early days and, and what you come into to now, you know, looking out the window now and seeing what you can see and, and all of those kids and stuff involved? It, it, it really is. It, 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 it just, I think building, you know, putting this building together that we're sitting in tonight doing this podcast and uh, putting a top class facility together has given us that, I think, that platform to build on. You know, we have a, we have a first class gym downstairs, we have a first class restaurant, first class bar, first class catering facilities. All of these things are necessary. They attract good players to your football club, but they attract uh, mums and dads to bring their young people here when they see the quality of our facilities. Uh, we're continuing to, to try and improve our facilities in the, in the years to come. Uh, and, and that just hasn't happened overnight. You know, you've got Mark Langhammer, Tommy Whiteside, uh, Robert White, Barney Thompson and all his team, uh, the chairman, uh, Ronnie Miller, everybody working tirelessly. To, to, to increase and improve our facilities. Everything goes hand in hand, and, and that's, that's the, the help that I'm getting to be able to go to better players and say, this is what we're doing, because they've got a choice. They can go to Windsor Park and be blown away in, in awe of the facilities, or they, they can see this family atmosphere, this wonderful facility. They can see what, what we're doing here and how we're doing it, and, 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 and we're starting to get those players coming to us and choosing us and, and trying to improve what we're, our, our product and what we're trying to deliver. So it is a pinch yourself moment, you know, because I, I do think back to whenever we didn't have training balls and, and, and we didn't have uh, lights to train under. And, and that's a fact, we didn't have it. And now all of a sudden you're looking at it and going, wow, yeah. look at this. This is just unbelievable. Uh, so. It's state-of-the-art now, and, 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 but we, we can't sit back. And we won't sit back if we're going to continue to improve because all the other teams have looked at us and said, well, look what they've done. And, and they've, they've pushed and pushed and, uh, with improvements all the while. And, and the bar's being driven up uh, year in, year out. And, and you know, our, our, our budget's now lagging behind 40 50% uh, on others. We have to continue to improve ourselves and, and not sit back and say, oh, look what we've achieved. Yeah. You know, you don't get anything, you, do, you, you know, you don't get anything for sitting back and, sit and patting yourself in the back. You know, you get left behind. Yeah. And we have to continue to drive ourselves forward uh, into the next uh, part of the journey if we're to be successful. And we have to, you know, up our game. That's what they always talk about. Got to get the extra 10%. One of the things that that, that uh, surprised me, we were doing a video a couple of months ago, and, and there was a game out here at Seaview, and and I think you and the team were up were upstairs preparing, and we were over quite early, and the and the kit men were there, and the level of detail that went in to the players' kit, and, and you know their juice and all, that, and and how Stephen liked it was the key word that every that all the kit men kept talking about. <laughs> this is how Stephen liked it, and this is what we have to do. But the level of detail around playing a football match is probably something that all us fans probably don't see and, and I'm not saying appreciate but just don't understand yes. the level of work that goes into a football match yeah you know I laugh at it's, it's interesting when you hear it from someone else uh, because I don't often hear it um, because it, 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 <laughs> I, 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 I heard an interview earlier uh, two or three weeks ago when 
when the new Manchester United manager was announced. And they were doing an interview, and they, they, they talked about the, the water bottles being lined up a certain way <laughs> on the table. And I said, that's me. <laughs> I said, you know, this idiot of a person, because every, everything in your head is, 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 is set out for perfection. And, and, you know, I think when you're, you become OCD around, you know, everything has to be prepared right. And because, because if it goes, when you, if you don't set it up properly, and you lose, you turn around and say, the kit wasn't out properly. <laughs> you, know, you forgot the shorts. You know, there was holes in them, you know. And uh, so, you know, everything is geared up to the, from week to week and uh, as regards to the next big game. And often people say to me, you know, uh, Oh, a big win today! You know, you must, you must be, you must be, you must be enjoying that. And I'm going, no, <laughs> you know, because on the drive home, I'm starting to think about the next, next match, and that's only that's a, that's 45 minutes after we've just won a match or lost a match or whatever. You're thinking about the next game. You immediately switch to the next game and the preparation for the next game. 45 minutes after you've just played the match, and that's the intensity of football because it's all to do with. Who's, who's injured today? Who's, who's, uh, what has happened in the game? Have we got someone sent off? Uh, is somebody suspended for the next couple of games? So many things in the round that, 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 that will affect games, affect the future, affect short-term, long-term, medium-term, whatever. So many things that are buzzing around your head and, it just, and it's just non-stop, as you say. And, and, and probably people don't understand or appreciate or see that. Uh, but that's what happens in a, in a football club at, at this level of the game because you're always looking for improvements. You're always looking to, you know, if, if we haven't had a good day in the office, you know, you, you, you look back at your week and say, well, did that go wrong? Or did, did you know, maybe, you know, why did, we, why did we lose a goal in the last 10 minutes of the game where we switched off? Or, you know, lots of things that, that, that we break down and, and look into and try to improve on or uh, so much intensity around the game to try and get yourself to where you need to be and, and, that, and, that's, and that's the modern game you know there's it, it's just a you know we're, we're, we're living in a world now of GPS uh, running statistics and, and, uh, and video analysis yeah, no and, and, and uh, everything that, that, that just goes in the, in the preparation for, for big football matches and it's happening right now in Irish League where it didn't happen 10 years ago and it's all happening right now uh, you're now living in a world of you know I've had four agents on the phone here today already you know with uh, wanting to sell me players from England and Scotland and the, the like and and that's you know five years ago there wasn't agents in our game in Northern Ireland yeah. now it's full of agents and that's, and that's the football world Signing your new contract tonight, Stephen, I just wanted to ask you, because we talked a lot about your team and, you know, the, right down to the kit men and, and, and Ken White and all of those people who, who are involved. What, what motivates you and, and what gives you that hunger and desire to go again? You know, you've signed now another two-year extension, I think it is, and what gives you that hunger inside to say, right, we, you know, we achieved the Irish Cup last season, let's go again, and, and, and I'm hungry to, to achieve even more. The players. Right. The players keep me going. If, if when, when, when they're hungry, when they've got desire, you know, I'm sitting with players negotiating their contracts and ne negotiating, asking them to stay, asking them to perform, asking them to commit to us. 
in, in, you know, for the for not for the short term or the or, or a long term contract, whether you know a Daniel Larmer coming in or a Ben Kennedy and saying, "Listen, this is what we see. This is what we want. This is this is you know how much we love you uh, at our football club." When you know, so they've got to see the passion and the hunger coming out of me. The, the day they are, they don't see it coming out of me. Yeah. Is the day and are that we're all done, and so I have to be motivated, driven. Uh, more than everybody at this football club, I have to be the chief motivator uh, and and get these guys to the level to perform week in, week out, because that is a real difficult job. A 38-game campaign, keeping them all motivated, particularly when there's injuries and problems at you know, you know know social level uh, with the young people, uh, problems at home, family, all sorts. There's so much goes on around that. And uh, again, people don't recognise or see um, and to keep those those levels up, competing week in week out, is the hardest job in the world. And but when I see the players with that fire in their belly and that hunger and that desire, it, it it motivates me. That that really motivates me to do well. When I see them smile, it makes me smile. Yeah. And 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 seeing them enjoy it. And whenever we if we win a game and they come in and they're all singing in the dressing room and they're all hugging and I see that and going, job done. And then let's do it again next week. So those are the little things that keep me going. And it was funny because when we won the, the Irish Cup, you know, and that, that, that preparation that had gone on for a month and that intensity of trying to deliver that trophy. But when it was all done, the final whistle was 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 blown. It was the fans' moment. Yeah. It was for the supporters because it's 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 their moment then. Yeah. It's, it's their opportunity to celebrate and say, "My club, our success," you know, and and, and enjoy that big trophy. And and it's like here we are. We've 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 done that for you. And it's and 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 that those are the things that I see and go, brilliant. It's not you don't get the joy sometimes for yourself. But it's like you've given somebody else the joy, yeah, yeah. and you see the joy in all of them, and you go, "Brilliant! How great that is for them!" And 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 that's the lovely moments, you know. I just want to touch on on last season, Stephen, and, and your making, you know, the the season as a whole. You know that I'm sure when the split came in and the Irish Cup is is pretty much there for the taking. You know, you got through a really tough round against Cliftonville, but. Nonetheless, you're Irish Cup winners again and your third time at your time. But what did you make of the of the season in the round and as a whole in, in terms of the, the development from the previous season, I guess? You know, finishing fourth, only three points off Glen Torn. You could probably say that some of those points could have increased had you maybe have team selection been different or huge turning point for me, Gavin, was the uh, was the the game here against Glen Torn when we were one nil up. We get a we get a stonewall penalty. Yeah. Uh, we you know it was actually two nibbles at it. Uh, we 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 really get that opportunity to go two nil up, uh, and probably th- their man will be sent off. You know, their their guys holding his head in embarrassment, knowing that he's going to get sent off, and the referee doesn't give it. So it, that would have been two nil, ten men, and the opportunity for us to go and win that game. Yeah. Um, Huge night, a huge moment in the in, in the where it was in the because I call it a three a three section uh, you know arm of 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 the the league campaign and we're in that uh, that section of the the league where we 
turned into the new year. Pivotal moment in the season for me. Win that game, we'd have went ahead of Glentorn on, on that night. And, but it went the other way. And we get a man sent off straight after half time again. And the, the referee gets that wrong and, 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 uh, and rescinds the card afterwards. But that's no good to you when, you're, no, when you have a man, when you're a man yeah. down with, and, and you go on to lose the game. Uh, so that was a that was a pivotal moment in the season where, as regards where the, at the stage of the season, because if we'd have won it, we could have kicked on, uh, and but it went against us, and we 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 dropped those points that night, and that was that was a real turning point in the league campaign. So, but what probably pleased me most of all was our resilience and attitude. You know, after Christmas, how we drove at it, and and we, even the, the 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 post, you know, split games. Whenever we re, we really came came at it, and 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 really went after uh, big performances, winning again at the Oval, and in the manner that we did, and winning at Coleraine in the manner we did, and there was a real, the real. I think it was probably you know players playing for shirts for Irish Cup and all that sort of stuff. There was a real, it was a real urgency about our play, there was a real desire among the team and it was, you know, people like Philip Laurie who had been injured the first half of the season was now full flow again yeah. and playing really, really well. Um, other, other players had, had really come to the fore, Ben Kenny was playing the football of his life. Uh, so you were, there was a real atmosphere among the players and a real determination and focus around the players and, and you, you sort of reflect on some of the performances you know, the disappointment maybe of the Glenavon defeats away and at home. Uh, the def- the Balamina game when we lost 2-0 away yeah. from home. On those critical games that we lost, if there were there was just two or three got away from us, you'd have been right there, right in, in the hunt to win the league as well. But we just but it's a 38-game campaign. All the teams will say the same to you. You yes. talk to any manager, they'll yeah. say, if only. Yeah. If only, if only we'd have won that match, or if only, you know, we played so well that night at Windsor Park and lost lost three two. If only, <laughs> you know. Uh, Is that a positive that you know moving into the next season, where you know even when we look down all of these results and you think back to the games, you, you know, you mentioned the think I can't remember the, the total, but Glenavon maybe took eight points, maybe or we lost eight points to Glenavon and, and Balamina, as you said. Then we had the COVID thing, New Year's Day, had to come back and put a team together for Carrick. But even in all of these defeats, Stephen, there was never a you never got a you never got a hammering. And is that positive in some way? Where even you lost the points, the margins were so small, and you could have picked up maximum points. I think I think I got a stat saying that it was our uh, second, yep, second best, best defensive yep. uh, performance in the last ten years. In your era, I think, yeah, yeah in yeah, our era, yeah. seventeen years, our second best defensive record. You know, that was an area that we had to work really, really hard on from the year before. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, bringing Josh Robinson back to the football club was fantastic. It was really, really fantastic. Uh, brought, brought leadership, brought desire. His performance level was superb. Uh, well, well liked in the dressing room. I knew what I was getting with Josh Robinson. He's just a colossal player. Um, and he wanted to come back and do well. And and that was that was brilliant for us, and and he, he brought that leadership in, into the team, uh, and and sometimes you need one or two key players. We talked about that earlier on. Yeah. Those 
couple of positions that you can just bring key players into that didn't work for you the year before and say, can we fix that? And if we can, we will be much, much stronger next year. And those are all the things that you're always trying to improve on. You're trying to, can we fix a little area that will make us really stronger in, uh, for the future? And that's, and that's, that's the football game. Uh, sometimes you get it right, sometimes you don't. Uh, and, and can you afford it? <laughs> if we can, you know, we'd all like to get uh, Cristiano Ronaldo at times, but we, 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 we could, maybe our budget doesn't stretch that far. You can plead the fifth in this question then, but just using what you've said there around, because I know we met when, when Josh Robinson was signing and you talked about, the, you know, a consistent back four and leadership and all of those things, and you, you had identified that from the previous year. Is there anything you look back on last season and say this is an area or maybe something that you can't share with us or can share with us, just an, an area where you feel maybe that'll help kick us on in the next year? You know, you, you've, in, any, in any given uh, summer window or whatever your case may be, there is a certain amount of players available to you. There's, uh, you, you go in, out there and spend your money uh, or, or work, work, work whatever way you can and, 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 and build your squad and get, get your, your strength in there around your panel. And if you look at your, your, you know, your season, season before, you're, you're, you can see we've got to really improve in that. I've always sort of said you want to compete in the top four. If you can, keep, if you can compete in the top four, you're doing incredibly well. We have been outside of the top four once, I think, in the last 10 or 12 years. Uh, that is phenomenal for this yeah. football club on the budget that we operate on. Phenomenal. It's fairy tale stuff uh, to be competing in the top four, uh, given the strength of, of all the other clubs. So, the, so areas of, of the, the, you'll, you'll look at your team in the round and you'll say, how many goals are we scoring? How many goals are we conceding? And, and you know, you, you've got to try always to, to balance all that off. You don't want to be conceding them at one end yeah. and you want to be scoring a few more at the other end. And that's, that, that will always be the difference of winning something and not. Um, so we, we've, got to, we've got to continue to look at all areas of, of, of the football pitch, continue to look for improvements. And uh, from my point of view, looking back in the season that was just been, it was a massive, massive improvement on the year before. Like a huge improvement. Given that we had two rounds of COVID, yeah. huge rounds of COVID, the players were immense for me in the dressing room. Their, their, their quality of, of performance and their quality of, of attitude, which is a huge thing for, for coaches and, and staff. Uh, they were a pleasure to work with. They were amazing to work with this year. A joy to work with. And to cap it all off with a big Irish Cup when there only is two big, massive pots. The League Cup's good to win also, but there's two massive pots on, on, on offer. And to get one of them yeah. is phenomenal. We've, we've, we've won that trophy now uh, twice in three or four years. Yeah. You know, these other teams, the stats going out, Ballymena and Cliftonville and various other teams, haven't won them now in 20, 30, 40 years. Yeah. You know, we've had two in the last few years. This is stuff of dreams to win the big pots and so what, how, how good was our year on a, on, a, on a mark of 1 to 10 11 yeah that Irish Cup win got you the place in Europe there's loads talked about 
within all circles of Irish League football about European, the financial stuff, which is all, I'm sure, great for the club to look after. But from your point of view and a player's point of view, getting to play in Europe, surely that's more special than any financial, you know, financial gains that you can get. And what's that like for you now, you know, with a, wee, a small window off, but preparing a team to go and play in Europe? Uh, you're right in, in what you say. Uh, you know, I was fortunate as a, as a player, uh, both with Linfield and with Crusaders, to play a lot in Europe all through my career. And then to go on then and manage in, in Europe, it, it, it's... Uh, you know, maybe a, a nine or ten goes at it and, uh, as a manager also. The profile that has been put on Europe of recent years, the last three or four years, uh, has been incredible because that's it's every other question is qualify for Europe, qualify for Europe, because it's all about money. Yeah. Uh, and what that would mean to your club because the money has gone up considerably. So I get that. And, you, and that's, you know, you know, leading up to the cup final, that question was asked of me 10 times. And directly after the cup final, it was asked of me half a dozen times um, about, uh, about the money. The money, as a footballer and as a football manager, does not enter your head, and sh- nor should it. Because this is all, it, competing with another team that you're playing just to get over the line is, is so difficult on its own. You don't, so you don't, you can't, you can't bring a, a money scenario into it, it should never enter your head. And secondly, you're 100% right, the highlights for footballers is to go and play in Europe. They're not interested in, you yeah. know, do we get 20,000, 50,000 or a million pounds? We're going to go and play in Europe. That's what, that is a footballer's dream. Brian Jensen, when he came here, who was a, a Premier League superstar uh, with, you know, one of the, I think it was a record, uh, Record a, a performer at a Burnley for his his yeah, he's there a long career. time, yeah, yeah. And he begged me to sign a new contract. He played in the Europa League, and he begged me could he stay on, age forty two, to play in the Champions League. He said, he said, he said, you have no idea what that would mean to me to play in the Champions League. And we we take this all for granted a little bit. That this is this is the stuff of, you know, just fairy tale to get to play in Europe and, and, and mix it with some of the other teams and, and get around the, the globe and play big matches. And we have been so fortunate to do it. And, and the memories for me are just incredible. And really looking forward to doing it again. Really looking forward to getting the team prepared and ready in, in our pre-season training camp. And uh, we're welcoming some Marin out there on I think the 27th of June for Paul Heatley's testimonial. That'll all be brilliant. Great build up to all of that, and then and then a European game to look forward to, and hopefully get through around. It'd be great to get through around, but we'll just see where it takes us. But that 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 that's great. It gets you an opportunity to, to see something new, and I think it's great for our fans as well to get to travel into Europe. What's downtime look like, Stephen? Between now and then, the preparations, you know, the few weeks that you may get off. What does that look like? And is it just to try and switch off from the football, or is it not possible? It's not possible. It, it, it's uh, you know, I'm, I get to go on holiday tomorrow. Uh, uh, going to Portugal for a couple of weeks, um, and I like to play a bit of golf uh, in the in the in the summer months and, and try and relax and enjoy it. But uh, but the phone will be is always stuck to your 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 side pocket because you know. We're, we're, we're talking to players where uh, we need to be there to give answers and so it's always beside you I remember trying signing Brian Jensen 
uh, on a beach in Portugal, uh, walking up and down the beach for half an hour, trying to make sure he was happy with what we were doing, and, uh, and, and giving a final yes to that. And my wife saying, is there any chance you'll sit down and relax? Uh, so that, that's, that's just part and parcel of, of, of football management. You've got to, you're, you're never far away from a phone the, the, to make sure you're, you're, you're in the right place at the right time. Is there any um, any influence people that's influenced your career, Stephen, or, or people you look at now and, and sort of maybe leadership styles or management styles, or do you take note of all of that? I think probably you know having having played having played this game, you know from I don't know seven or seven year old or something in, in, in organised football, uh, when you're regimented in the in the team sport. And, and you turn up at a turn up at a certain time, uh, an hour before the game, get changed, go out and play, uh, try and win at BB football, scout football, schools football, uh, then into senior football, and you're you're you know, I went to Ards at 19 and and had a very successful career right from the get go, and you're just you're regimented into you know training. Playing, training, playing, how you eat, how you live, how you sleep, etc., etc., etc. So I think you learn a lot along the way from all the different managers that you yeah. work with, uh, and you you pick up so many tips and traits and all that sort of stuff. But ultimately, you 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 develop your own style, your own way, and what your personality is and how you deliver. And and I guess I've. Uh, you probably have to ask other people who have been around me a long time. What, what, how has he evolved? Yeah. You know, and um, you know, but uh, getting that 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 desire to win has to be in you, and it's always been in me from a young child. Is you know, from at any sport, you know, no matter what what sport I play, or uh, that competitive edge is a good word. You you have to have a competitive edge, and. Uh, and I've had that coming into my my football career, coming into my managerial career, is that desire to win. And I haven't changed anything from when I played. You know, I still have my scrambled eggs at eleven o'clock uh, and, and toast. You know, it has to be exactly how I, uh, how I prepared when I played. Is how I prepare as a manager. We have to turn up and do things the right way. We have to. Everything has to to, to, to work methodically, and because professionalism is what makes the difference between winning and losing. And, and, and it's that old uh, Roy Walker adage, you know what I mean? It's a uh, fail to prepare, prepare to fail. And, uh, and, and we've, we've just taken our, this new era of football, I guess, and, and we, have, we have developed it and we've, we've built on it and we've taken it to a new level that what we can afford in, in, in our budget, and I always said that at this football club, is only spend what you can afford to spend. Only do what you can afford to do. Uh, and because we, we, we had got ourselves in trouble before overspending with money we didn't have. Yeah. So the governance of the football club has been phenomenal for the last number of years. And we've, we've continued to try to deliver that on the football pitch. And with, with that comes financial reward and helps us to continue to bring new players, better players, et cetera, et cetera. 
and, and, and keep building our future. So those are the things that I have probably built into me. They're all natural to me now and, and, and how we do it and what we do. Um, and I, I, I guess you probably have to ask others what they probably think of my style. I, 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 I just get on and do what I do. Yeah. It's probably for others to judge how I do it. Last question I'm going to ask you, Stephen, and I appreciate you taking the time this evening to, to do this. I wanted to ask you about the, the famous team talks that, that you've been <laughs> known to have given. I, I listened to a podcast myself a few weeks ago, which was a very old one from, from Andy Mitchell, who talked about you with a brush shaft around the changing room. But it, what goes through your mind? or Tell me about the preparation for your team talk. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. There's been some... Some belters? Some belters, uh, some, honestly. Um, I, I, I guess I am a very emotive person. I, I, I know that. Uh, and and, it's, and I, I live off, you know, off the moment and I live off the, um, you know, what's the here and now and what's going on and, and, and everything around me, you know, uh, and the excitement of all that. And, and, I, and I pick up a lot of stuff that's going on and... The, on, on the current affairs, the world of, of television and um, movies, uh, big sporting events, all, all sorts of stuff. Anything that I think will that will motivate people uh, on the day to get them right up for the game and, and right into that place of, of where they need to be at, a, at, at kick-off time and take them right up a notch. Is, is what I will use to, to, to have this team right on, on the money. And, 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 that's, and, and you, have to, you have to bring something fresh to the table all the time. But you also have to bring a little bit of humour to it. You have, yeah. to, you have to engage them. Uh, you know, it can't all be uh, you know, ultra serious all the time. So you have to have a little bit of fun with it as well. Is there any standout for you? Can you remember any specific one <laughs> that you can maybe share with us? <laughs> I don't know. I'm not entirely <laughs> sure. There's been that many. There's, been, There's maybe know. a question for, the, for, for, for players when we get uh, them back. <laughs> I would say the, the players would probably give you lots of them, you know, but I, I can't probably off the top of my head just think of different ones, but uh, there's, been some, there's been some mental ones in there. Um, <laughs> but no, a lot of that stuff is, is very much shared within the dressing <laughs> Never to be spoken. Yeah, you know, they'll probably say, seriously, what was that guy on drugs? <laughs> um, but no, it's, I guess the dressing room is, it's, it's the place of, um, it's a place of, I guess, safety, security, togetherness, um, you know, family, every, you know, families will fight. Yeah. Families will, when, in, 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 big, in, big, in big moments, there'll be a lot of harsh words said, but harsh words said in love, I guess. You know, you know some of the things that I have said to players and when, when you're taking them off or something, just saying, it's just so bad, you're off, you know. But then afterwards, I'll hug them to death and, and I nearly apologise to them because I love them so much. Uh, and and that, that is probably one of the things in my, uh, in my managerial career of, of long standing that I, I, I honestly, I, I just, I hate to think that there'd be any player would, would not ever want to talk to me because I love them so much. Uh, because 
I invest so heavily in them. I want their, them to do so well. I want them for themselves and for their families and for what they do and how they do it. And I can't please them all of the time. I can't pick them all yeah. of the time. Uh, and, and players will leave and, and, and for whatever reasons and, and all of that. So, it, so football management's never easy. Um, but we do it with great respect. And we, we, we want them to achieve and do so well. Um, and that's, as I said earlier, the, the motivating factor behind it all. Uh, but that, that dressing room is a, is a, is a, is a wonderful place to be um, when, when things are, are, are going well. And, and, uh, and, and most of my time, 95% of my time here in all those years, our dressing room has been bang on. Yeah. And that, that's what keeps me going. Perfect, Stephen. We could talk all day, but really appreciate you coming in to do this and have a lovely holiday. And we look forward to catching up with you at the start of the season. Thank you very pleasure. much. Thank, Thank you. you.